We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. For all of you fine folks on the other side of the speaker, I appreciate you tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Today, we're going to talk about the 49ers losing three straight games, this time at Levi's Stadium to the Cincinnati Bengals to the tune of 31-17 to in a forgettable outing on both sides of the ball. And you could even throw special teams into that mix. Uh, there was not any one aspect of the 49ers that was worth um, praising for the most. I mean, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't go that far. There were individual efforts throughout the game that are worth, uh, worth, worth noting, but it was another forgettable outing for the 49ers uh, struggling on both sides of the ball. Uh, we'll get into that in more detail. Again, they have lost three games in a row. They started the season out five and zero. they are now five and three heading into the bye week. Uh, and they have officially dropped to second place in the NFC West behind the Seattle Seahawks, um, who are five and two. The 49ers are now five and three. They're uh, on the on the good side of things. There were no major injuries to note, although I will say. It will not surprise me if Brock Purdy's concussion concussion becomes a talking point again, if you were unaware. Uh, Brock Purdy suffered a concussion in the Vikings game during a failed quarterback sneak. In this game, in the fourth quarter, uh, during kind of the final, you know, last second efforts to do something with a game that was clearly out of hand at that point, uh, the 49ers threw a pass, or Brock Purdy threw a pass. Uh, it was picked off, so it was a bad play to begin with. And then Brock Purdy was tackled by around the knees slash ankles. Uh, it was flagged for roughing the passer, and you can't tackle, quarter, tackle a quarterback down low like that. Um, but Brock Purdy fell backwards, his uh, head snapped back, and he hit his head on the turf and instantly grabbed at his head slash helmet. Immediately reminded me of the story that I told you guys uh, last week about the one time I got a concussion, and that was 
watching him immediately snap his heads, his hands up to grab his head, uh, immediately reminded me. In fact, it feels like it's giving me the slightest headache right now of what it felt like to get a concussion, at least my concussion, where, well, like I said, it was just an immediate headache that felt like it went evenly all around your head. At least that's how it felt for me. And watching Purdy's head hit the mat like that, and then watching his hands shoot up to grab his head, uh, I, I have a feeling this will not be the last time we hear about Purdy and concussions, but there's always the off chance uh, that he uh, that he's okay. And he just hit his head. You can hit your head without causing a concussion, but having just come off of a concussion, your brain is more prone to an additional one. So we'll see uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, if it doesn't end up becoming anything, I won't be as surprised or I won't be surprised either way if it is or isn't, but watching his uh, his hands come up and, and grab his head like that as he kind of just laid there until somebody came in and helped him up. Um, it was concerning. So we'll see if anything comes from that. Um, I mean, we got again, we got a lot of takeaways to get to. So I'll give you my brief thoughts on the matchup. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. And I think in a way, this has almost gone. It's almost like the 49ers downfall on defense has helped, not entirely, but helped mask the 49ers deficiencies on offense because for the third week in a row, the 49ers have failed to score 20 points in a game. You're talking about a team that in week five put up 42 points in week four, put up 35 points in week three. They put up, why well, can't I find 30 points in week two, they put up 30 points and in, in week one, they put up 30 points. And then if you want to go back, to 2022. Let's do it because this is fun. 49ers put up 38 points in week 18 of last season. In week 17, they put up 37 points. In week 16, they put up 37 points. In week 15, they put up 21 points. So you got to go all the way back to week 15 of last season before you even get into the 20s. I mean, I'll keep going because technically you said 20 points. Kyle Shanahan mentioned it. Um, Week 14, 35 points. Week 13, 33 points. Week 12, 13 points. There you go. You have to go all the way back to week 12 of last season to find a game in which the 49ers did not score over 20 points. So, again, what I was saying is it's almost like the the defensive collapse has helped mask the 49ers' collapse on offense as well. Because, again, for three straight weeks, They have not scored 20 points. Brock Purdy has turned the ball over six times in the last three games, all of them in the second half. Now, there are some people, I I, I mean, there are some times when like a sack fumble kind of isn't on the quarterback. You know, I don't know how you feel about those. Typically, I mean, the, the, the easy answer is just take care of the ball. But if you don't feel like, a sack fumble is truly on Purdy, then just take solace in the fact that he threw an interception the game before that that just happened to be erased by an um, a roughing the passer penalty. So it doesn't necessarily get any better. So that's six turnovers in the last three games, all in the second half for Purdy. And it's with Purdy, it's it's a frustrating topic because 
Uh, last week against the Vikings, Purdy was like 20 of 23 for 220 yards and a touchdown leading into the fourth quarter against the Vikings. And then he had an absolute meltdown that just happened to coincide with getting that concussion um, on those two quarterback sneaks. And again, we're not we're not here to just directly blame Purdy's play on that concussion uh, because he had a rough game against the uh, against the Browns the week before that as well. Um, but against the Vikings, he was playing very well, very well. And against the Bengals, he seemed like he was playing pretty well too. I mean, if you just look at his base stat line, he was 22 of 31. That's 71% for 365 yards. Now about 60 of those yards came with like 20 seconds left of the game and the 49ers were just kind of throwing stuff downfield. Still, from a basic statistical standpoint, averaging 11.8 yards per attempt, throwing for over 300 yards. Uh, He did throw for a touchdown. Uh, That was even the touchdown he threw for was impressive. In two straight plays, he kind of created some space, threw across his body, back across the field, found George Kittle to get the first down, and then found Christian McCaffrey for the touchdown. So what's frustrating with with Purdy right now is he's he has these undeniable moments of greatness followed by inexcusable mistakes which sounds to me like what you would expect from a young talented quarterback. So am I on the bandwagon of people that are absolutely freaking out about Purdy and talking about him as if he can no longer be the answer? At quarterback for the 49ers, no, I am not among that group. I still think that Purdy has shown enough consistently to be considered a a, a positive option for the 49ers moving forward and one that can develop into a plus starter. You know, if you want to call that top 15, top 10, whatever you want. But right now, he is making inexcusable mistakes. All of his, both of his interceptions to, now. One of them last week against the Vikings was, you know, you're running out of time. You've got 30 seconds left. You're just trying to make something happen and it doesn't work out. Um, I'm at least prepared to say, okay, that one was whatever. The one before that was inexcusable and it was so bad and so weird that that's what kind of got people talking about the fact that maybe his concussion, which would not surprise anybody, had something to do with that interception because it was just thrown to kind of the middle of the nowhere and the 49ers receiver that he was trying to throw to was nowhere near where he threw it. I wonder if he was seeing two or three receivers out there that weren't actually there. But anyways, I don't want to get too far into that. Both of his interceptions say were bad. They just, there was no real excuse. I mean, on the first one, you're inside the 10 yard line. You're about to tie the game up with a touchdown a play gets broken. It was supposed to be a handoff. And instead of kind of just throwing the ball away and living to play another down, uh, Purdy tries to throw the ball up and over a defender to what was in his defense an open Elijah Mitchell that probably would have turned and ran it. He was, he was just in front of the pylon. So he could have caught it, turned and ran and just outstretched over the pylon, probably wouldn't have scored. But he doesn't throw the ball near high enough. Uh, the defender puts his hands up, tips it, and then he just catches it himself. The ball just falls down into his grasp. Uh, it was simultaneously a horrible decision by Purdy and a great play by the defender. And a- as a young quarterback, you know, one of the things that he will develop, probably that will take the longest to develop. And the only example I can think of offhand is Max Verstappen in F1. If you follow, if you followed his F1 career, it was always very clear that he was immensely talented. 
But earlier on in his career, even the year when he won his first championship uh, against Lewis Hamilton, you could tell he was very impatient, very reactionary, very, uh, you know, tightly wound, um, didn't allow things to come to him, didn't really want to wait on things to happen, wanted to force the issue. And this seemed like one of those plays for Purdy where he could have thrown the ball away and just, you know, scored on, you know, I, I don't remember. I could have to, I'd have to look on here what exactly it down it was. I thought they might have, I thought it might have been first down, but again, this is all just off memory. So he does that again. It was kind of, kind of had a little bit of luck involved, but in the end, just a stupid decision. And then later on in the game, you've got, uh, I think I, I think Jennings was running a, a clearing route down the seam while Ayuk was coming up into, into it. And the, I think the, that, that some concept like that. And I think, Purdy saw the linebacker clearing out and thought he was leaving when in reality, the linebacker just turned around and was able to undercut the, the ball wasn't well thrown either. That's kind of the thing. Like the linebacker did a good job turning around, but if you watch the throw, the throw was well behind the receiver and thrown right to the linebacker. And the receiver was like three yards. If my memory serves me ahead of the linebacker. So not a great throw, not a great ball, not a great decision. And in the end that stuff like that is what, what, easily like loses you football games. It's very tough for a a team to come back from one second half turnovers and two turnovers in the red zone that they, and I believe the Bengals immediately scored on. Let me check the possessions. Yep. They took, they had an interception at 1308 and then they immediately scored. It was one play. It was the throw to Jamar chase. Um, So hold on a second. That was not that one. Okay. No. Okay. They didn't score off Purdy's first interception. Excuse me. Um, they they ran four plays, gained 36 yards, and ended up punting. It was Purdy's second interception where he um, misread the linebacker in coverage and threw behind the receiver. And okay. So yeah, I was right. I was right. They immediately scored on that one. One throw to Jamar Chase, I believe, with Isaiah Oliver attempting in coverage, but he was wide open. Um. So again, just to kind of sum up my Purdy talking points, he's creating plays with these legs. He's making some absolutely fantastic throws. He's doing all the things you that still make him Brock Purdy that we've seen him do before. And now you're getting these, these inexcusable mistakes and poor decisions sprinkled in. Um, Again, I, I still think you're seeing enough great quarterback play to justify him being there, to justify continuing to develop him. You don't want to go down the same road or any road similar to Trey Lance where you end up feeling like they just really didn't give this quarterback a chance to thrive. There are so many examples in history of quarterbacks that played poorly that developed into great quarterbacks. And I think Purdy's shown enough to be given that respect. Now, again, that doesn't just mean that you've got a free pass and all of these bad decisions and six second-half turnovers mean nothing. Um, But I still think there's something there. Even Kyle Shanahan said in his post-game press conference, like, look, I thought Brock Purdy was playing extremely well. I thought he kept us in this game. But then when you get down to it and you're in the second half and you're in crunch time, uh, you can't just turn the ball over like that. So it's just an interesting dynamic right now. I have no suggestion for the 49ers other than to stay the course and see if Brock Purdy and and frankly the rest of this team because Brock Purdy is playing poorly along with the rest of the team 
he's not the reason the team is playing poorly. He's just one factor in this pile of burning garbage. So they're just in a in a place right now where they're just going to have to hope things kind of even out when they get back Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. And, and after this bye week that the team so desperately needs. Um, from a from a you know evaluating the other parts of the offense, the running game was decent. Christian McCaffrey had 12 carries for 54 yards at 4.5 yards a pop. Brock Purdy was excellent on the ground. He had six carries for 57 yards at 9.5 yards a pop. Did a really good job of making plays happen. The rushing offense averaged 4.9 yards a carry. Again, Brock Purdy completed 71% of his passes for 365 yards. A lot of garbage time now, or about. About 60 yards of garbage numbers in there, but still probably over 300 yards even without those numbers. Um, But you do have the turnovers. Kittle had a fantastic game. Nine catches for 149 yards. Ayuk had five catches for 109 yards. Christian McCaffrey had six for 64. So the offense is still showing signs of life around Purdy. But right now, he is the guy that is kind of keeping this offense it's, you know, it, it's still, if you go and look at the 49ers possessions, punt, then they scored a touchdown, punt, then they kicked a field goal, and then they had the ball at the end of the half, couldn't quite make something happen. Brought, uh, Brandon Ayuk dropped a pass that was a little more difficult than I think a lot of people on social media were giving credit for. He had to come back for the ball uh, into the sun, dive for it. He was diving back towards the quarterback, and the ball hit him in the face. Um, and he was into the sun. So just know if you know anything about trying to catch a football, those are a lot of factors making it tough. Anytime you have to come back towards the quarterback, you know, you're just adding velocity, velocity to a throw and you're, you're, you know, you're, and you're speeding up the clock and, and you're into the sun and you're diving. And I think the helmet like hit him or the ball hit him like right in the hand slash helmet. So looked weird. Certainly not an excuse. You know, if he wants to, elevate himself into that upper echelon of receivers. Those are kind of the plays he's got to make uh, to really define himself. So at the start of the second half, the 49ers punted again. Then they had two interceptions. Then they went and scored a touchdown. And then they had a fumble. So a lot of the struggles with the 49ers offense, at least over the last two games, have revolved around Brock Purdy and or second half and or red zone turnovers. I think Christian McCaffrey has two of them over the last three weeks. Uh, Who, by the way, McCaffrey did score two touchdowns, but his first touchdown made it 17 games in a row, including the voice crack, uh, with a touchdown tying the NFL record. So if Christian McCaffrey scores a touchdown, the next game the 49ers play, he will have set the NFL record for most consecutive touchdowns um, most consecutive games with a touchdown. Something tells me they're going to find a way to make it happen. So, I mean, it's tough. I, I wish, you know, I wish I had the answers. I wish I could give you a breakdown that's worthy of, of, of kind of dismantling whatever's going on with this offense. Because if you're asking me, I think the 49ers offense right now is just as much of a problem as the defense They should probably share an equal 50-50 portion of the blame. A huge portion of that blame goes to turnovers, goes to Brock, goes to the guys that are putting the ball on the ground, whether that's Chris McCaffrey or Brock Purdy. And it's just something that they're going to have to figure out. It really is as simple as that. Turnovers are one of the most 
guaranteed reasons to lose a football game. You don't have to get creative with it. You don't have to try and look at advanced metrics. If you are losing the turnover battle, which the 49ers did three to one, you are probably losing the game. And that's just the way it is. We saw that, you know, you saw a, you saw what could have in two drives, what was probably a 14 point swing. The 49ers were about to score inside the 10 yard line. Brock Purdy throws an interception. And then on the very next drive, Brock Purdy throws another interception that immediately results in a Bengals touchdown that they really didn't have to do any work for. They just immediately threw it to Jamar Chase. Touchdown. Um, so, I mean, that's a 14-point swing right there over the course of two to three drives if you're including the Bengals. So uh, not much to say for the offensive side of the ball. And there isn't really anything to say for the defensive side of the ball either. They are simply not good enough right now in every facet of playing defense. There was a series there towards the end where Joe Mixon ran it in for a touchdown, where Nick Bosa slashed the 49ers defense, gave up outside contained two plays in a row. The on the first play, uh, it was almost they were almost mirror images of each other. The the Mixon was trying to run inside, he bounced it outside. You see Nick Bosa jump and dive at ankles, miss, and Mixon converts that into a first down. Then I think it was the next play, does the exact same thing. Interior run, bounces outside. Bosa doesn't have outside contained, dives at the ankles, misses. Mixon scores. Now uh, I don't know for sure if Bosa's job in that moment is outside contained just because you are the defensive end does not mean it is your job to contain the running back. Sometimes that job belongs to the, like the weak side or the strong side linebacker, you know, maybe, you know, you're supposed to maintain kind of like an, a tackle relationship and then come up and, and force any outside breaking plays back inside where the other linebackers and the defensive linemen are. So it may not have been Bosa's responsibility to have outside contained, but he certainly gave it up. And, uh, you know, but in both plays, in mere image of each other, he was diving at Joe Mixon's ankles unsuccessfully as he got a first down and a touchdown. Uh, and then you're, the tackling is bad. They gave the, the 49ers defense gave up five yards a carry. The Bengals had 27 carries for 134 yards. Even Joe Burrow looked like an absolute stud. He ran six times for 43 yards. Uh, Mixon had his best game of the season against the 49ers on the ground. 16 carries, 87 yards. That's 5.4 yards a pop, one touchdown, and he also had three catches for 23 yards. Joe Burrow was was at one point completed 18 passes in a row. He only had four incompletions. He was 28 of 32. That's 87% for 283 yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, and 134 quarterback rating. The 49ers are being absolutely eviscerated on defense to an extent where it just doesn't make sense. Last week, I said, look, if Kirk Cousins just did that to this 49ers defense, what the hell do you think Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd is going to do? And sure as shit, he walks in and throws 32 passes, and only four of them hit the ground and gets up next to 300 yards and throws three touchdowns. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the 49ers defense is officially a problem. We kind of already knew this just based on the last two weeks have gone, but the Bengals came into town who have one of the worst passing. Now, it was kind of, we knew it wasn't legit. We knew the Bengals passing offense was supposed to be good. They were trying to get over that Joe Burrow injury. It looks like he's just fine. And the 49ers just happened to be on the receiving end of what the Bengals should be. But that being said, the Bengals are a playoff team. The 49ers are going to have to muster some sort of defense, maybe would be a good word here, um, against good teams. Because right now, a mediocre Vikings offense completely eviscerated Steve Wilkes' defense, and so did the Cincinnati Bengals, which uh, who up until this point had a very mediocre offense, one of the worst in the NFL. Now, again, coming into this game, I didn't think the Bengals were that bad. I think that they were still trying to work their way back from a crazy bad start to the season, and they did. Uh, you know, Jamar Chase had 10 catches for on 12 targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. T. Higgins had five catches for 69 yards, which is also nice. Uh, yeah, Tyler Boyd, three catches, 40 yards. So every single premier player for the Bengals offense – uh, went off against the 49ers defense. Um, and even still, you know, the 49ers defense was a little more active today. Um, they got three sacks. Eric Armstead had two. Nick Bosa shared one with Cleland Farrell. Uh, Cleland Farrell, Cleland Farrell, whatever you want. Don't care. They did have eight quarterback hits. They did have five tackles for loss. Excuse me, six tackles for loss. A couple of forced fumbles. A fumble, rec- you know. They were a bit more active. If you're looking at the Bengals' possessions, it's tough to to still be excited about anything the defense did. I was trying to give them any breadcrumb I could give them throughout the game, but in the end, when you're looking at the uh, and you're looking at the the possessions, the Bengals had a touchdown, a touchdown in the first quarter. In the second quarter, they had a missed field goal. And then they fumbled the ball. Then they had a field goal, punt, punt, which you're like, okay, the 49ers defense is starting to gain some steam. They're giving the offense touchdowns. And then they follow those up with touchdown, touchdown, punt. Now, the 49ers defense was set up to fail with one of those second half touchdowns because that was off a Brock Purdy interception that was immediately. Now, again, sure, the defense was set up to fail unequivocally. 
But giving up one play, which was a 17-yard touchdown to Jamar Chase, probably not ideal. How their best receiver goes almost completely uncovered is weird. You know, if it's man-to-man, fine, also a bad idea. But two, if it's not, how is there not a safety somewhere over the top of Jamar Chase, who I think was running that route from the slot? Just weird series of events that seem relatively inexcusable and speak to uh, just a lack of adaptability and understanding of his personnel from Steve Wilkes. It it really is quite mind-boggling what's happened to this team. The last good thing this team did was beat the Dallas Cowboys 42-10. And then they lost to the Browns 19-17. And then they lost to the Vikings, 22-17. to 17, And then they lost to the Bengals, 31-2, to you guessed it, 17. So what, I mean, I, I retweeted a tweet, I retweeted a tweet, I, I re-X'd an X during the game. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. It, it was because of the simplicity of it. Hold on, I'm getting there. All he wrote was, what happened to this team, man? <laughs> like, and I'm not even prepared to throw all that blame on Steve Wilkes because the 49ers defense doesn't even necessarily look like when they are in position, they don't even look like they're playing it that well. Like you've got missed tackles, you've got sloppy tackles, you've got losing outside contain, guys that aren't getting off blocks and making plays, um, guys losing coverage battles, double ch- Jamar Chase is double covered and he's still catching catching a perfectly thrown 30-yard throw along the sideline. You know, so it, it it's hard for me to put all of it on Steve Wilkes, you know, it's it, when it just looks like players aren't executing, you know, uh, to some level. Like I I can't just put these interceptions on Kyle Shanahan, although he's the head coach. And one of his best quotes from his post-game press conference was this isn't on any one coach or any one side of the ball. We haven't scored 20 points in three weeks, too. Our defense needs to do better. Our offense needs to do better. Our team needs to do better. And by team, I mean every single player and every single coach. And then, you know, one of the comments is, it starts with Kyle. Yeah, he said every single player and every single coach. Like, he he's included in that. He knows that. You know, reading replies. And then there's another one, including you, Kyle. Yes, he said every single coach. Like, come on. It's not that hard to read. Not that hard to read. So the 49ers are bad. Right now, they are bad. Do they have a way forward? Do they have the players and the coaches on staff to to carve out a way forward? Yes, they they can turn this around. They're 5-3. and three. They still have a winning record. I mean, the odds of having any home playoff games are becoming slimmer by the moment, but the 49ers can find a way to fix this. It's just going to take some significant changes because over the last three games, neither the Browns nor the Vikings or the Bengals in their current state are great teams. And again, I thought the Bengals were kind of being underrated based on how badly they started, but neither of those teams if that's the correct word usage is worthy of being beaten down by it's, it's, it's 
to, to put it lightly. You know, the 49ers didn't even look like they were on the same level as these teams from defensive mistakes to offensive mistakes to coaching mistakes. So the 49ers are going to have to find a way to fix it, and they're going to have to find a way to fix it fast if they want to do anything of note this season uh, and they want to make any sort of a playoff push. So with that said, let's get into your takeaways. I am going over to Twitter. I am going to our takeaway posts. We've got 34 on deck. Let's start from the top. Last week, we started from the bottom. We're starting up top, right up top. We've got two fresh. Big shout out to Rob Lauder for his tweet updates of the game. Since I was coaching my daughter's soccer game, that was the biggest positive I could find. Hey, man, I'm just glad somebody could use them. I never know if anybody needs those tweets. I know that they typically get a decent amount of likes and retweets or whatever have you. So, you know, I... I do it because I do it, you know, and, and I feel like maybe I'm serving a purpose for someone out there. If it's only a few of you, so be it. And this week it was four too fresh. Okay. I appreciate that, man. Uh, get everyone right. He says that was the biggest positive I could find. Bye week comes at a crucial time. Get everyone right. 17 points per game. These last three losses is embarrassing. Hashtag striking gold fam. Uh, I need to see more people using striking gold fam. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But we need to do something with it, and it needs to grow. Uh, yeah, the bye week comes at a perfect time, uh, only if the 49ers can change something. Only if they can come out of the bye looking like a different team. Because one of my final takeaways that I just hadn't mentioned yet is things are not going to get any easier for the 49ers. They lost to the Bengals. It is now week nine, their week nine bye. Then they're going to have to travel to the Jaguars. Then they're going to have to play the Buccaneers at home. Traveling to the Seahawks, traveling to the Eagles, Seahawks at home, traveling to the Cardinals, Ravens at home, traveling to the Commanders, Rams at home. They're all winnable games for a 49ers team that we assumed was one of, if not the best team in the NFL, and now that just simply isn't the case. They haven't earned that moniker anymore, and they've got a lot of good teams on deck. Can they beat every single one of those teams? Yes, absolutely. But right now, they just haven't earned the right to kind of absorb any comfort from us so things aren't going to get easier for the 49ers but like uh two fresh says uh they the buy comes at a good time and and we'll see what they can do so grass is, is up next nothing much to say team needs a re- reset uh this was always going to be a tough one wilkes gets heat but offense isn't much better i agree wilkes is getting heat and he should get heat but the offense isn't any better uh, it's just as bad doesn't look like a super bowl team right now all around don't know the team should be buying rentals at the deadline don't know that the team should be buying rent- rentals at the deadline. What he's saying is if the team feels like they're one or two players away from this Super Bowl push and they felt like they needed it, he doesn't agree with that. It, it, yeah, he, he Sograz isn't convinced that this team is one or two players away. Don't throw away assets and money that you need in the future because you're you're pretending to be this team that's one or two players away from a Super Bowl which after those three losses, uh, you just can't convince me that the 49ers are that. If they turn it around and they fix things, uh, then maybe uh, you know, then maybe they'd wish they had bought a couple rentals. But right now, they're just not in position. And Kyle Shanahan said after the game that he felt like the pieces were in the building. And I tend to agree, but right now, they're just not playing well enough. McDre, whole team needs to be better from the coaches to the quarterback to the rest of the offense to the defense. None of it is good enough, 100%. Absolutely, I agree with that. At this point, 
You can bitch about the defense. You can bitch about the offense. You can bitch about Kyle Shanahan. You can bitch about Steve Wilkes. You're going to be right about all of it. And uh, it's all playing a role. Matt Lee seems like our whole defensive identity has been lost. Let running backs run all over us. And now for multiple games, Brock was bound to be picked off. But five interceptions in the last two games is simply too much. Still lots of time left in the season and lots of room to grow. So hopefully we improve. Yeah, I, I don't see any shred of of the the hard-nosed, we're going to make you throw the ball and then we're going to force takeaways type of identity that we saw from the 49ers last year. Last two games, it just it seems so easy to run on the 49ers. The Bengals did not have a good rushing offense and the 49ers made them look outstanding. So that, yeah, they're not sacking the quarterback. They're not stopping the run. They're not forcing turnovers uh, to the same degree. It's, uh, I don't know. I just don't know. It's it's happened so quickly. It's tough to pinpoint any one problem. But I mean, maybe that says a little something about going all the way to the top. Uh, Sui Generis, it may be irrational, but some folks need to get fired at this point. Not not be might not be fair. But my vote is Wilkes. The defense has had virtually zero answers for the last three weeks, at least. Yeah, it's tough. I understand what you mean, and I feel the same way. Like it's hard for me to sit here without the football acumen to just call for somebody's job. You know, like I don't know how much of this is coaching versus execution, but what you do know is that the buck all stops with somebody, right? It is a coach's job to make sure that his unit is prepared for what they're going to face in the game and what they're going to do on their own game plan. And if he can't get the team to that point, then it's on him. Now as coaches, when you're facing the music after the game, There are plenty of instances that you can pinpoint where you know a player did not do the job that he was prepared to do. And there are times when it's obviously not a coach's fault. But when things start to stack up over and over and over and a unit starts to look unprepared over and over and over, that's when things start to push beyond players and work their way up towards coaches and how they're handling a team. Because as a coach, you have to be adaptable. You you have to... You can't just stare at a player making the same mistakes over and over again and then wait for him to change. Sometimes you have to be the one that adjusts what you do to fit that style. I don't know what's if that's what's going on. I don't know if the 49ers are at that point. I don't know what Steve Wilkes is, how he coaches these players, what his philosophies are, but we just know that it's not working from top to bottom. Uh, Kevin Kavim says, my takeaway is we are cooked. We've never seen our defense get worked like this for multiple weeks in a row, especially a fully healthy one. Good point. It starts and ends there. Uh, I think that's fair because over the years, going all the way back to Harbaugh, really, we've just gotten used to the 49ers' identity starting with their defense. And right now, the 49ers have lost all of that identity, which is crazy because go back to the Dallas game, like, We thought the 49ers defense was just untouchable, you know, just ruthless in in every way. And they have just fallen off in a way that I I would love to just hear somebody that, you know, truly knows ball, truly knows defense to break down. And I'm assuming if you really knew this answer, you'd probably be employed by an NFL team. What the hell has happened to this 49ers defense? Because sorry to say, you know, 
being a middle school football coach just doesn't prepare you to analyze and <laughs> implicate NFL coaches. But hey, just a just a humble humble art teacher. Uh, Michael Wong, a team and franchise built on physicality has been pushed around on both sides three weeks in a row. What happened to running and stopping the run? More more good points. 49ers haven't, they, they did okay running the ball, but they didn't, you know, it seemed like all of their momentum w- and success was built on passing the ball. You know, it, Christian McCaffrey only ran the ball 12 times. And I'm not saying he has to be the one to b- run the ball, but um, J.P. Mason got no carries. Elijah Mitchell got three for two yards. It, it It's it doesn't seem like remember when we used to talk about how like if the closer the 49ers can get to 40 carries, the better the chance was they win. Now that kind of game flow and, and scoreboard dictates that, but the 49ers just aren't committed to the run like we've seen them before. So I think Michael Wong's got a point there. They're not stopping the run and they're not running the ball well. And maybe that's where everything um, should start for the 49ers on a bye week. And maybe they they see where they go from there. Milo said, maybe we should be sellers at the deadline. See, this is a good comment in relation to what Sograz was saying up, up above. He doesn't think the team should be buying rentals at the deadline. And Milo said, maybe they should be sellers at the deadline, which means rather than, you know, trying to buy up a couple players to, to make a deep playoff run, maybe you should be parting ways with some good players that you know you're not going to be able to keep in the long term to start, you know, kind of repiecing this. Now that kind of has a little bit of a, a rebuilding feel to it. And the 49ers just aren't there. You know, they've obviously got an immensely talented team. Uh, to me, the onus is on the coaches to, uh, to make it right. Boris Oven pretty makes mistakes, but he also puts up production. On the other hand, the D line, it feels like they do not exist. Forgot their names. When was the last time Bros- broadca- broadcasters screamed Bosa and Warner's name? Well, I mean, obviously they're a con- they're a topic of consistent conversation, but I know what you're saying. You're saying like you know they just made an incredible play, and you're right. Bosa has been around the play, but he hasn't been the you know the the guy standing up there doing a sack celebration in a while. He he did get a half today. He did help help Eric Armstead get one, but it, it's just not. Yeah, they're just all underperforming. I, I mean, Eric Armstead got two. It's hard to. You know, as a group, it's not enough. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, you did say Purdy makes mistakes, but he also puts up production. This kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Is there's no doubt that Purdy is making some incredible plays. That throw to George Kittle that he put 30 yards down the field right on his shoulder was just outstanding. Made some throws to Ayuk that were outstanding. Made some plays with his legs and bought some time. Threw the ball downfield that would just look, was outstanding. But, you know, right now we're seeing that coupled with some serious mistakes. So it's just a a weird point. Jeremy Harlan, Wilkes needs to be taken far, far away. Uh, If the 49ers defense continues to underperform, uh, he will be. Clay writes, this is who we are now. Wilkes is a serious downgrade. Kyle has never been an OC who can call plays from behind. Uh, I do think there's some truth to that. I, I think there's some statistics to back up. Uh, just how ineffective Kyle Shanahan and his offense is when playing from behind. Purdy may or may, may or may not be answered in the future, but he isn't now. This team ain't making this. Purdy may or may not be the answer in the future, but he isn't now. This team isn't making a Super Bowl. 
I, I, I think that's fair to say. I don't think they're playing like a team that could come anywhere near a Super Bowl right now. Can they this season? I think so. But it's going to take a pretty some pretty long nights from the coaching staff to figure out what the hell's going on. Chris Wall, would the defense have been enough if the offense didn't turn it over three times? Got out of control with the back-to-back interceptions. I mean, it, again, it's true because one of those Bengals touchdowns was one play immediately following a Brock Purdy interception. The other Purdy interception ended up being a punt. So maybe you can take away seven points from the Bengals. Let's just say those don't exist. And I know this is in a land of fairy tales and this is not what happened. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, whatever. Let's take away seven points from the Bengals that they don't immediately get from a bad Purdy interception. So now they're down to 24. Let's add seven points to the 49ers because they turned the ball over on the seven yard line in a stupid play that should never happen like that. Now you're looking at a 24-24 game. Is it enough from the defense? I'm I still am not convinced because they're just doing making so many dumb mistakes. But it it would have been a different game. And and again, if you're losing the turnover battle, you're probably losing the game. So I do think you have a point, Chris. Bald running. Time for some trades. Which way? I think uh, some other some other takeaway. Some other co- listener comments have kind of uh, alluded to the same question. David Jollis, uh, there is no question that there are issues that need to be fixed. Absolutely. And the bike, bike, the, the bike comes at a very good time. He meant to say bye, but it said bike. But I still think that's kind of funny in whatever weird way. Like I just picture like this bike rolling up to pick up the 49ers and just, you know, take them on a ride to just calm down, let the wind run through their hair, kind of just rediscover life. Kind of like the end of the original it movie with uh, Tim Curry as Pennywise, where his wife is still affected by the deadlights. And so the husband puts her on, uh, on his bike and just takes her downhill. She gets the wind running through her hair and she comes back to the light. She comes, maybe that's what the 49ers need, man. Maybe they need some, some high O silver. They need to just get on a bike and, uh, just go for a little ride and just rediscover what life's all about. So I think you're on to something, David. Um, the bike, the bike comes at a very good time. Uh, Santilli, while, Many things can be fixed as a group in coaching. There are some truly concerning flashes from Purdy that just won't cut it to win it all. I agree. I, I mean, he's got to fix the mistakes. The only encouraging thing about what you're seeing is while he's making these mistakes, he's looked pretty good. You know, it, I, there are no excuses to be had. He just can't make throw those turnovers, can't make those decisions. But if they can just make the good more consistent, which it has been throughout his short career, they'll be okay. But as of right now, it is what it is. You just can't have this many turnovers. Jason Pinelli, I don't know enough about football to say what's wrong with this defense. Man, Jason, you and I are just in lockstep. We're like, you know, Dylan and Dutch in The Predator with that handshake. Dylan, and you know, boom, epic. You know, CIA's got you pushing too many pencils. You guys should hear Dr. Disrespect's impression of that scene. It's so bad, but so funny. CIA's got you pushing too many pencils. It's so horrible. But y'all know what I'm talking about. The most famous Predator gif where it's just the handshake and the biceps. Dylan, it's it's the best. So, But the reason I say that, Jason, is because I say that all the time. I don't know enough about defenses to just eviscerate 
you know, what a coach is doing to the degree that you would need to in order to be taken seriously. But like you're saying, with such an elite roster, I got to assume it's Wilkes. I'm kind of on the same bagwagon as, as Jason. I don't, with this elite roster and what they've done over the past two, three, four years, you got to assume it's Wilkes. It's just the safest assumption. Also, Purdy's concussion plus being bad at football <laughs> reminds me too much of Tua last year. It looked like he hits his head again at the end, too. Hope he's okay. Um, yeah, what, I, I, I have a feeling we'll hear about it. J-Roy, frustrated with the performance on defense. I know these boys can do better. Purdy made some good throws, but without Trent Williams helping to open up the holes, the run game is almost non-existent. It's weird. The run game was still productive, but you can tell they weren't able to lean on it as much as they would like to. How often did they have third and shorts? Seemed like never. It seemed like he was either third and seven, third and eight, third and, you know, third and nine. Lewis says Wilkes destroyed the D. Time to fire him before he makes more damage. If he does make more damage, I have a feeling that will become uh, a more likely result. Nick Young, mock draft season. Which cornerbacks are we taking? Oh, man. It is too early for me to look at draft prospects, but it is always a favorite time of the year. Oh, David corrected himself. David said he wrote bye. Like, I always thought he was just saying bye to me in the comments. Like, he didn't, like, reply to his own tweet. He just replied again to the takeaway tweet. So you've got David's takeaway when, when you know, the bike comes at a very good time. And I appreciate that, David, because it allowed me to expand on just how much I feel like the 49ers really do need a bike. But then he corrected himself a few takeaways down and just says, bye. Well, see you later, David. Appreciate the comments. Mike McVay, what the hell has happened to this team? We all saw what we saw. Maybe add a positive here. It's a bye week. Debo and Trent will be back. Purdy made some great throws despite the interceptions. Would like to see more screens with Christian McCaffrey. Five and three is better than three and five. Hope's Wilkes thing. Hope Wilkes figures things out. I think Mike always has a way of kind of summing up all of our thoughts in a very reasonable way. So I I, I think that's a great addition to that. Uh, Mike, I, I yeah, I think everybody's hoping Wilkes figures it out because it just hasn't been good enough. I think if you want to say anything about the defense in its current form, it just has not been good enough. Blame it on what you want, but the buck stops with Steve Wilkes and inevitably Kyle Shanahan. G-Buster 49, defense is a mess and Wilkes is the primary cause. Brock making terrible decisions at critical moments. Shanahan still winless when trailing in the fourth quarter by five plus. There's that stat I was talking about. Is that still a thing? Shanahan still winless when trailing in the fourth quarter by five plus. Someone needs to create an updated version of that statistic because we saw that stat a couple years ago and it blew my mind. And if and if you saw it, G Buster, um, send it to me either you just at me in a tweet uh, and or or reply when I post this tweet tomorrow. But that that's the stat I was talking about, and there's some other ones too. But if that stat is still alive and he is still winless when trailing in the fourth quarter, that's nuts. Bye, five plus. Brian Hamilton, can we figure it out? 0-4 after the bye could mean missing the playoffs. Uh, yes, it could, 100%. DJ Cabral, should the 49ers inquire about Thielen from Carolina? I don't necessarily think a veteran receiver would push this offense. I know what you mean, though, because you've got Brandon Ayuk, you've got George Kittle, Juwan Jennings didn't do a damn thing. In fact, he just got penalized uh, for holding at least one play. 
And you look, you, you wish there were another option, but the, the other option is on the sidelines in Debo with a shoulder injury. But that being said, Debo has always kind of struggled with injuries a little bit. So maybe you need somebody um, that's a bit more active. Is Adam Thielen, you know, a guy his state in the career? He's still good. I, have a, I actually have a high opinion of Adam Thielen. But I think over the last couple of years, he's struggled with injuries too. I don't know, but a low-cost option to just give them one more target I don't think would be the worst decision. You know what I mean? I, I kind of agree with that. It'd be nice if they had one more go-to. Um, we'll see how things evolve when Trent Williams and Debo Samuel get back in there. Paul Nappy, no QB and bad defense. Well said, well said. Doug Sapetti, when does Kyle Shannon get held accountable? Uh, I think you've got to lose consistently you know, kind of year to year to get held accountable in, in the sense you mean. Uh, again, if, if Kyle Shanahan, let's say, were just fired today, I think you'd have about 25, 6, 7 maybe NFL teams that were like, get on the phone. You know, maybe the number's not that high, but it's pretty high. Jay Todd Kingria. Sickening, pathetic performance for three straight weeks. Yes, it was. Fire Wilkes or get him out of his ivory tower booth and on the field where he can face his players and hold them accountable for piss poor play. Or they can face him the same way. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if that would make a difference, but I actually thought about that today. What if Kyle Shanahan, like in the middle of the game, turned around and looked at Steve Wilkes with his with his mic on, looked up at him, and or with his headset on and was like, get your ass down here now. And Steve Wilkes literally would have to pick his shit up and walk down there and, and do the rest of the game on the sideline. Can you imagine how like humbling that would be? My goodness. And Patel, anyone actually think 49ers had a chance? Uh, I mean, yeah, if they didn't play horrible. Sure. I mean, it's you always have to give the opposing team a little bit of credit for forcing turnovers. But Purdy throwing right to the defender that was right in front of him. I mean, that was a pretty sweet play for him. But he's also like, you know, like he's right there in front of you. Like You threw it to him. He was there and you threw it to him. Uh, the second interception was pretty bad. And then he threw a third interception. It was pretty bad too. But it was wiped up by a penalty and then he was sack fumble. So um, Oliver is trash. Oliver had a weird game. He was making plays. He was giving up plays. And as a corner... You have to make way more plays than you give her a, give up. And I think right now Oliver is a little too close to 50-50, if, if anything, the wrong side of things. So, And we've got one more reply from David. We didn't. He, it wasn't just a buy and then we didn't hear from him anymore. We've got one more. Take away the NFL is a crazy league and the 49ers will be fine. Everybody who wants to act like children, like Chicken Little, and like the sky is falling, just sit down and calm down. All right, David. Fine. What about the what about the bike? Last but certainly not least, David Caldwell. The defense couldn't stop a D two team. The scheme sucks with the payroll that D line gets. They should be getting home a lot more than they are. Wilkes was a bum in Carolina, and the trend continues. We need another lockdown corner. No playoffs if this shit show continues. I love it, man. I love ending on that note. Um. You know, we've already read that Broncos Patrick Sertain is for sale, but it's not going to be cheap. Is he a lockdown corner? We don't know. You know what? I, I heard on uh, the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast 
which if you haven't caught on, I listen to consistently. One of the only pods I actually listen to, the only 49ers pods I actually listen to. John brought up the point that Steve Wilkes, somebody was fired as the head coach. Uh, it was a rule. Matt rule was fired as the head coach of the Panthers. Steve Wilkes took over as the interim. He was the D coordinator. And when he took over the head coach duties, he gave defensive coordinator duties to somebody else. And the defense actually got better once he turned it over, you know? So like, it was like, man, how much of, how much of any credit does it, does it belong? (laughs) I just saw this other random comment on Twitter. Um, Hey Rob, former student of yours in my second year of college. Oh man, that means it's been like six years since you had me. Um, I was at the game tonight and it was my first ever and it was a great experience aside from losing. By the way, we suck. (laughs) That's awesome. I appreciate the comment, man. I appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Um, I can't tell from your Twitter name exactly who it is. It would be more of a picture thing for me. I get, I feel so bad for a lot of my students. They'll be like, Hey, do you remember me? And I'll be like, yes, I hundred percent remember you. How are you? And they'll be like, do you remember my name? I'll be like, hell no, I don't remember your name. Like I have to remember 200 names a year. And you were here eight years ago. That was like 2000 names ago. How the hell am I going to remember that? But I'm an art guy. I'm a visual guy. You know what I mean? So I remember faces almost forever. So anyways, that's the, that's it for the takeaways. I feel like we, we, those takeaways turned into a pretty good discussion. I feel like they did. I like it. Um, again, you know, with 35 takeaways, it wasn't the 90 something last year, last week, but that was a different game and I understand it. Um, but I appreciate everybody for jumping in there, man. It's so cool to know that my, you know, my takeaways after the game are, you know, they're just popping and we just get to have a discussion together and you guys get to have a voice in this podcast. And again, uh, no matter what that number reads, I'm going to start reading them and I'm not going to give up. You know, I, I'm not going to give up. Remember your training. Anyways, thank you for being part of the takeaways. My my initial plan right now with the 49ers having a bye week is on, on Sunday, maybe I'll put out a tweet. We'll just do an NFL mailbag where you guys dictate the discussion. You guys ask questions, um, get my thoughts, make some statements, make your feelings known. And uh, we'll go from there and just see what we can come up with. So that's the plan right now. Um, unless something else comes up, the 49ers all have a tendency to make things weird. I believe the NFL trade di- deadline is Tuesday, so things could still get weird anyways, but uh, that's the plan for right now. Again, and as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. If you want to take your support a little further, um, get on to whatever app you're you're listening on and leave us a, a five-star review if you feel it necessary. I would appreciate it. Um, Yeah, that's got to be it. You know, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news with three straight losses in a row for the 49ers, but we'll see what they go, where they go from here. Uh, I think the 49ers have the coaches and the personnel to make the changes they need to, but it's a lot easier said than done. So it is what it is. I'm going to go get on a bicycle for another episode. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. Actually, you know what? No, I forgot about prize picks. You guys just from the, from the depths, you know, it's like Terminator falling into the, uh, into the lava or let it lowering himself into the lava. He throws up the thumbs up right at the last second. That's what we're doing right now. I forgot about prize picks and 
I sound more excited than I should be, but I did win again in 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 a small sense of the word. Okay, uh, I did. We did do the flex play if you remember that, and three out of my four choices hit. Mixon ended up with 91 total yards. I had him going less than 76.5 total yards. He went over that because 49ers defense uh, lost its mojo. But Jamar Chase did have more than seven and a half receptions. George Kittle did have more than four receptions. And Brandon Ayuk did have more than four and a half receptions. So we did get the three out of the four. We did get in the win column for the second week in a row. So we're here, you know, we're, we're rolling with prize picks. And if you're not on the prize picks bandwagon, uh, you need to be, it's, it's daily fantasy sports. It's two to six players. Okay. And you're picking more or less, you know, on all these players, find your statistic that you like the one that speaks to you, whether it's yardage, whether it's receptions, whether it's targets, whether it's, you know, you can even get into the punters and kickers, um, running backs, wide receivers. It's all there. Um, you're just choosing between two to six players, whether it's more, whether it's less, you're watching the winnings roll in. What I like best about it is that it is super, super, super easy. You can, it's so easy to get on there and plug in your picks and be done. It takes, I don't know, 60 seconds if you wanted to, you know what I mean? So get on there, check it out. Be a part of the prize picks thing. Like I said, I've got a little momentum rolling here. Okay, I've got a little momentum rolling here. So I think you should try and be a part of it. If you want to jump on the prize picks bandwagon, which you should, I want you to go to prizepicks.com slash gold. It's going to ask you for a promo code. That is also gold. So it's prizepicks.com slash gold. Um, and they'll match your first deposit all the way up to a hundred bucks. So again, prizepicks.com slash gold. Get on there with me. We're a hey, we're winners two weeks in a row. Maybe I'll have to branch out next week and find someone else to uh, to place entries on, but we're not there yet. Two weeks in a row, you 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 can be a part of this magic. So get up on the prize picks. So there we go. We got it in right at the last second. The thumbs up right before going under the lava. Um, again, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for dealing with all my shenanigans. But for another episode, I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.